On that mid-November Monday morning, after nearly three years of careful planning, the 48-year-old man donned latex gloves and scanned the rental car agreement one last time. His eyes paused on the flowing signature Marion Davis before he stuffed the agreement into an aluminum clipboard storage box, the kind construction estimators use. He set it on plastic sheeting on the credenza in a dingy motel room not far from Joint Base Andrews. Davis had been there the past three days. He told the young woman at the front desk that he was holing up to finish his first movie script. His claim seemed to impress her enough that she agreed to keep housekeeping away, which was good, because how could he have explained the thin plastic sheeting covering every bit of furniture and taped over the floors and walls? Or, even harder to explain, the four large plastic storage bins he'd bought at Walmart and filled with bleach, hydrogen peroxide, and distilled water. The acrid chemical scent irritated Davis's eyes and nose, but he didn't dare open the windows for ventilation. Instead, he'd kept the air conditioner going nonstop and wore goggles and a KN95 mask. He left the room only in the dead of night, when it was safe to ferry supplies. Now Davis crouched by the closest storage bin, reached with gloved hands into the chemical solution, and pulled out a long belt of 50 caliber bullets bought two years before in the blackest of black markets, this one at a remote ranch in northern Colorado. He knew from training and experience that a soldier could adjust his aim at a moving target by using this ammunition belt. Every fourth cartridge fired a tracer round that glowed hot orange as it sped through the air. However, the tracers also revealed the position of the shooter. Davis left in the first four tracer rounds, but removed the remaining ones and replaced them with live rounds from a second bleached ammunition belt. When he was done, he sank the first belt back in the chemicals and went into the bathroom. There, Davis stripped off his clothes and put them in a plastic garbage bag that he closed and sealed with duct tape. Next, he stepped into the shower stall, all but the drain covered in plastic sheeting, turned on the hot water, picked up a razor, and shaved every inch of skin he could reach, from his already shaved head to the insteps of his feet. He poured two cups of bleach down the drain when he was finished shaving, turned off the water, and retrieved a large tube of Erasi hair remover. Davis used a sponge on a long handle to smear the stuff on the skin he'd just shaved and all over his back. His eyebrows, eyelids, and ear canals were also dabbed. The cream burned, especially on his testicles, but he waited nearly 15 minutes before rinsing it off. It was worth the pain to ensure that no FBI crime scene tech would find his hair anywhere. Davis stepped out of the shower, stood, and waited for his body to dry, then applied copious amounts of CeraVe moisturizer, again head to toe, to keep flecks of his skin from shedding. Only then did he step into a white disposable hazmat suit. He pulled the hood over his head and zipped it to his neck. With the goggles and respirator on, Davis lugged the storage bins into the bathroom and drained them leaving the various components of his weapon and custom tripod in them. He used two blow dryers to remove the rest of the moisture, 
and lubricated the parts with oil and graphite. When he was satisfied, Davis put lids on the bins, tore down the plastic sheeting, gathered everything he had used in the past 72 hours, and stuffed it all into four lawn and leaf bags. These he sealed with duct tape and put next to the motel room's door. He pushed back the curtains and saw the rear of the tan utility van. No one else was in the parking lot. But why would anyone be? It was a weekday morning. The kids who lived at the motel were all in school, and their mothers were working or sleeping it off. Davis opened another bag, retrieved a new Baltimore Ravens hoodie, and put it on over the hazmat suit. A new brown coverall with the logo of the National Park Service went on next. He finished with a pair of glasses with heavy black frames and clear lenses. He added a respirator to cover his face, checked his look, then tugged the mask down around his neck.